morning. Ain't it a fantastic morning now? Well, it's going to be humid, but it's a fantastic morning, folks. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and you have tuned in to the Garden Party that Mississippi Public Broadcasting calls the Gestalt Garden. I'm your host. Uh, we're going to be talking with the awesome Java Chapman. He's my producer. We're going to have fun for the next hour or so just talking about gardening. Hey, during this Memorial Day weekend, when you're flying flags, I want to talk about that in just a little while, but I want to give a special shout-out to those of you who listen by way of podcasts all over the country and beyond. But it's a Southern thing, so cut us some slack. Coming up today's party, I'm going to give you a heads-up on some stuff you can be doing in your Southern garden, share some cheesy music, which I adore being able to do every week here at MPB. But most important, because we're live here at MPB, I'm going to be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your own garden. Sit back. we got some news. We'll be back with this garden party right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okey-doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and I want to have some fun today. I want to have some fun. Horticulture is serious. Agriculture is serious. Forestry is serious. Fisheries, wildlife, all that. But gardening is, eh, it can be serious, too, but it's mostly, if it's not fun at the same time, you're doing something wrong. We're going to be talking about things you can be doing this middle, this end of the the uh, May, getting approaching towards summer. It feels like summer, hot, humid. And it's just, you know, those days. And I was giving a talk the other evening someplace uh, over in Alabama. And this woman came up and said that she had moved here from overseas and wanted to know, how do you garden here? You know, she said, I see, you know, we dig in the same kind of holes, but how do you garden here? And after all of these years, all these years, I finally realized we do things differently than they do in the our Midwest or our New England or England or Europe or any place like that. They plant stuff in the spring. They enjoy it in the spring, summer, and fall, and they just sort of hunker down till winter. They plant stuff that'll make it over the winter and be there for the next spring. But basically, they do their gardening in the spring, summer, and fall. We don't, or when we try to, it kicks us. What we need to to do, my opinion, and this is the opinion of a guy who's Arms are all cut up and bloodied and scratched and dirty and everything from gardening, even this morning, trying to beat the heat. We need to think about gardening from fall to spring. Plant stuff in the fall, late summer and fall, that grows great over our fantastic winter. Uh, Plant some stuff in the winter. You know, they'll do fine in the spring. Plant some stuff in the spring that'll make it for the summer. And then just quit. Just quit and enjoy the, the fruits of our fall, winter, and spring. Plant stuff that'll grow all summer long with little or no care. That doesn't have to be messed with a whole bunch. And we've got tons and tons hundreds and thousands of different kinds of plants that love the summertime without a bunch of care so that we could just sort of hunker down in our version of a cold winter, which would be our hot, humid summer. So think about this. Uh, I'm going to call fall our spring. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start thinking that we in the South need to garden fall, fall, winter, and spring, and then just sort of enjoy the fruits of our labor over the summertime. Anyway, that's the approach I'm going to be using today. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free. 
toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Be glad to talk with you about anything related to gardening, lawn care, tree shrubs, uh, diseases, insects, bugs, blight, snakes, spider webs in your face. You've got problems with bugs or uh, on your plant and you think they might be good? Not so sure? Give me a call. 1-877-MPB-RING. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to Columbus, Mississippi. I was just there this week. It's home of the original Decorating Day. Decorating Day started in a lot of different uh, towns that are around the country, but uh, one of the most famous ones, uh, one that a lot of people attribute as the as the the starting point for Decorating Day, which is now Memorial Day, started in Columbus, Mississippi. You can Google it if you want to. Um, upcoming events is going to be a really nice garden tour uh, in a couple of weeks, Saturday, June the ninth. It's going to be in Tupelo. It's a joiner garden tour in Tupelo. Uh, it's going to start about 9 o'clock, and uh, what you do is it's got open homes and gardens. they got lunch by a place called Sweet Tea and Biscuit Cafe. they got a guest speaker, Shara Owens. Shara is one of the premier wildflower enthusiasts, not just a gardener, but enthusiasts in the whole state. She's from New Albany. Uh, anyway, it's going to be $20, but it's open homes, gardens, lunch, uh, the guest speaker, a lot of talk about native plants. Uh, also, they're going to have a, a school discovery garden, a sort of joint project with the uh, with the the the, uh, the neighborhood group and the the, uh, the to restore a beautiful lost garden. Anyway, they're real excited to have young ones learning about gardening. The tour is going to start. That's going to be June the ninth, starting around nine o'clock. Your your speed. It's going to start at St. Luke Methodist Church. Uh, there in Tupelo. Tickets can be purchased the morning of the tour. If you've got anything else I can help promote, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. But again, the garden tour, really, really nice one in Tupelo, Saturday, June the 9th. Start about nice. Got food involved, lots of homes and gardens. Start at St. Luke Methodist Church. Take it from there. Now, before I get into some other stuff, let's talk with the folks about their garden. going to go to Clinton. Hey, Vicki, thank you for calling. Um, you're welcome. You bet. What's um, up? I just I wanted to tell you, Felder, I enjoyed seeing your backyard the other night. Oh. <laughs> You were that group of ladies that came up. You know, my uh, folks, a gal lives across the street from me, does tours, and she brought her mom and some of their friends over to my yard. You know, not many people get in my backyard, and you can see why now. I know. That's why I thought I had had an obligation to tell everybody it didn't look quite as bad as I thought it would. (laughs) Even my naked mannequin back there? (laughs) And the whiskey still and all that stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Well, we, I had a good time. I really think you could get rich, Felder, on letting people into your backyard. No, it was fascinating. no, no, no. It was pro- wonderful. Pro- we enjoyed I, it so much, I, and I just wanted to thank you for letting us come. My pleasure. It was so fun having ladies. They had to wear umbrellas, but it was nice. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Vicky. I enjoyed that a whole bunch. Oh, it was it was great, and um, I loved it because I I love I love gardening, and I don't think you can always tell how a garden is. Just it's not always going to be at its height, and one of my favorite things was you had one little spot. Well, I had I loved the place where you sit and all your lights and all your tire art. You know, it's <laughs> just I a, it's love. Fine. I loved that that like places could be sort of um, dead in the garden. And you, you said that's where I'm, that's where my grandmother's bulbs are. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, I, I appreciate don't know. That. I we appreciate that whole bunch. We could tell it was a loved garden. So I just wanted to call in and thank you. Thank you, Vicky. I appreciate that. See ya. 
Yeah, this is a, I use it, I rarely have anybody over my garden because it's a mess. It's a mess like me. Sometimes I don't feel like combing my hair, okay? It's just the way it is. And uh, it's got fences around it. And, but I do have a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, a next door neighbor of mine uh, gives tours and her mom and some friends wanted to come over. Uh, have we got Alan from Startwell on the line? Did I push that button already? Okay, I'm going to push this next one. And Robert in Jackson. Hey, Robert, how are you? Good morning, Felder. I have a short question. I want to plant cement for juleps and iced tea, mm-hmm. and I wondered, is it better to, I mean, is a pot just as good as planting in the ground, and should it be in the shade or uh the full sun. Now, these, they're good questions. If you put it in a pot, you know, mint likes water. If you put it in a pot, you have to keep it, you know, you have to water a lot. It'd be better in a big pot than a little pot because a big pot, right. you know, okay. can run better and all that. But if you got a place where you can work up a little dirt in the, the light shade or full sun and work the dirt up pretty good, uh, you know, it'll grow a whole lot better there, especially if you cover the ground with a bunch of mulch to make the roots think it's, you know, in other words, covered up with leaves and bark and stuff because it grows in that kind of dirt better than just plain dirt. Okay, thanks very much. Okay, oh, let me let me give you another quick hint. A lot of people okay. find out that where they plant it, it dies but it comes up right next to where you planted it, see, okay. because okay. they don't loosen up the roots. So when you, you know, water it really good before you plant it, and then when you plant it, loosen up that potting soil and roots. And it will flourish all year round, right? It will, it I will. a hard breeze. Yep, and uh, it, it, if it is true that it always dies where you plant it comes up next to it, plant it next to where you want it to grow, and it'll grow okay. back there. Thanks very much. <laughs> okay, Robert, thanks for your call. Bye-bye. Now let's go to Startville. Hey, Alan, thanks for holding, guy. What's up? Hey, uh, in keeping with your idea about planting from fall through spring, uh-huh. I want to ask you if I've got an unusual event occurring or is this normal and I just didn't know about it. Last summer, I planted some flat-leaf parsley seeds. And, you know, we got some parsley and it was nice. And then winter came. And I said, okay, everything's going to die and everything died. Except this parsley, yeah, which hung in there, even through single-digit temperatures, through hard frost, you know, everything that occurred over the course of the uh, winter season. Right. And then the spring comes along. It's starting to and bloom. And parsley perks up. Yeah. And about a month after the last frost, I don't have parsley plants. I've got parsley bushes that yeah. are four feet tall. Yeah. I, I'm not exaggerating. I, I know. You know, if you come by my, and, it's, and those, not only that, those are flower stalks. You can cut those flower stalks and peel them and cook them just like asparagus. Okay. Parsley, parsley, grow, parsley grows better in cool climates. I always plant mine in the fall. They make basketball-sized, beautiful, bright emerald green clumps all winter long. They flower. And uh, people who plant them in the s- spring, they just sort of have to suffer to get through the summer. Parsley does not like okay. our hot summer. It loves our winter times. So you hit it. It's actually trying to form seed heads now. Shall I let it go ahead and do that? Yeah, I mean it'll reseed itself around if you know if you leave the seed heads till they actually mature, and uh, you plant your own seeds that way. But parsley grows better from fall to spring than from spring to fall always. Okay, well, we've just been amazed at this massive amount of growth we've had. Oh yeah, and it's in the back of my pickup truck. I mean it's up above the cab <laughs> of my truck, and it plant is plant is sat in my pickup truck. Over this winter time, with no care at all, and it did fine. So anyway, you you hit the nail on the head, man. Okay, thank you so much. You, you bet. Appreciate it. 
He's thinking about parsley. A lot of plants like parsley and hollyhocks and all like that, they just do better over the winter than they do over the summer. No two ways around it. Let's go down to Port Gibson. Good morning, John. How are you, sir? Uh, good morning. What's up? I have, um, I, I'm calling about grass. Uh-huh. I have uh, some St. Augustine uh, in a certain part of my yard that I was fertilizing. I think that one of them was kind of hard on it last year. And mm. um, I fertilized it with a lawn fertilizer with a turf builder yep. that also has uh, pest control with ant killers in it. And it also destroys the dandelions in the and it was going good at one while, and uh, all of a sudden, a, a week ago, I saw some brown patches, yeah, real dark brown, and now it, it, it's beginning to spread over all the area where, yeah, where I uh, and then I kept it watered. It, what do you think uh, is well, going wrong? Well, a, a couple of things. If you ride around Port Gibson, you'll see a lot of lawns that look pretty good, and they don't do nothing to it. They just mow it high. You know, so that's the first thing. And I say that it's almost a joke with people. They tell them, mow high, Felder. But St. Augustine, if you'll mow it at a high setting, it's going to overcome a whole lot of problems it would have if you keep it cut close. Well, uh, also, I've been doing. well, yeah, and also it doesn't need a lot of water. If you've had it out there a while, a good deep soaking every two or three or four weeks is really more than it actually needs. Watering more than every couple of three weeks will cause problems. Uh, I and then, think that's what I've been doing. Yeah, too too much water. St. Augustine grows around the churches and the cemeteries in Port Gibson. Ain't nobody watering that. See, so it helps it to water, but it doesn't need a lot of water. It sets it back. And then the third thing is I wouldn't use those gimmicky combination fertilizer, weed killer, and say, you know, just put fertilizer out. Use a good use a good lawn fertilizer, but one that doesn't have all the gimmicks in it. And, uh, John, this next time let's wait until – April or so before you, you know, if you fertilize before April, that can set the grass up to have diseases, which you may, you may be seeing now. So what I do is okay. just stop mowing so much. You've already fertilized it the whole year and uh, mow it high and see if it doesn't fill back in. But uh, if you water a lot and do any more spraying, it's probably just going to booger it up even more. So let's just see if it'll okay. if it'll make it. All right. Thank you so much. OK, just real general comments, John. But, you know, let's see what happens with that. Okay, thank you. All right, appreciate your call. Thank you. Okay, folks, we're going to take just a little quick break, just a little bit, and I'm going to see if I can get a fellow on the line we want to talk to for about two minutes. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. Uh, me and Java Chapman and all the other folks in there are trying to bring this garden party to you, just like we do Monday through Friday. We have all sorts of local programs on just about any topic and it's about people who live here, people who live here and actually believe in what we're saying. We're not selling a bunch of junk. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. I think it's some of that mugginess, humidity outside is coming in through our air conditioner. I'm not sure. But anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening as we always do. Gardening, not horticulture. But there's a fellow who's doing some stuff that's sort of like horticulture research, but it's to affect home gardeners. And uh, his name is Chris Smith. Let's see if we got him on the line. Chris, are you with us here? I'm with you, Felder. All righty, man. You know, they're calling you the okra guy around here. I hope that's okay. The okra guy? 
I can I can take that. What about the okra chap? The okra chap. That's right. Uh, just in ca- folks, in case you you don't know, we we've talked to to Chris. He lives in in North Carolina. He's moved over from uh, Northwest England and um, growing okra. Okra. Tell us about it, Chris. Tell us what's going on and how far are you coming. Okay, so last time we spoke, it was it was still just an idea on paper, even though I had all the seeds. And now I have six plants of 60 different okra varieties in the ground at Franny's Farm in six, Western North Carolina. So six, it's exciting six time. Plant, six plants of 60 different kinds of okra. Yeah, that's yeah. 360 plants if you can't do the math. You know, I, I have one word for you. It's Wellbutrin. Wellbutrin? Yeah, it, it's an anti-anxiety medication. Anti-anxiety. We don't medicate <laughs> as much in England. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so so you you, get, you when we talked to you, you got all these seeds. You're going to plant all this stuff. So now you've got them coming up, and uh, you you had we've had a lot of rain. How how are they doing? Well, yeah, we got a, it. Was forecast to rain every single day for the month of May here in the mountains of Western North Carolina, and. It's, that's not happened, but it seems that like all that rain that was meant to happen every day happened in one day. And <laughs> it, it, the okra trial is off site, so I kind of was just uh, alone in my bed <laughs> thinking about what was happening to my poor plants. Well, um, it's about two miles away from my house is where this okra trial is happening. And, and actually, it's pretty sad. I lost, like, it, it, torrential rains came through and it was kind of monsoon esque and it, it wiped out some of the, not, not the rows, but it. The, the way the field is set up, it's on a slope because we're in the mountains and yeah, the yeah. rain came down and created this channel and, and actually totally devastated white velvet. Did you get so it? White rep- velvet is gone. You bye bye, white velvet. You didn't replant it? Or is that all the seeds it, you had? Look, some of the varieties are like extremely rare. I got like eight seeds from the USDA germplasm bank and stuff like that. And that was Luckily, one of them. Southern Exposure Seed Exchange sells white velvet. So okay. even though it's a, an 1890s heirloom, uh, that's in the arc of taste. It's it's not threatened, so okay. I can I can plant more of that. But you got your stands up. They've get past their second set of leaves and all that. Look like they might make it. Yeah, I think at this point I'm pretty confident. It, it was actually amazing that more okra didn't wash away, and I think that's kind of testimony to okra's deep tap roots and ability to really like hold its own. I'll give you a real quick uh, insight. I planted some of the uh, uh, just a past week, couple of weeks ago. I planted some. Um, the burgundy okra, and I put in several different little small pots because I grow them as flowers. I think they're beautiful plants, big, coarse foliage, beautiful flowers, nice pods. Anyway, I had some contractors over working on a new fence, and I pointed out every single okra. And I said, "Guy, I talked to all three of these guys one at a time. Don't step on the okra. Don't step on the okra. And I turned around, stepped right all over my okra. <laughs> so anyway, I'm having to replant. I got some soaking right now. And uh, anyway, yeah. I just want to see how you probably because you're doing this, you're trying to learn. This is the biggest okra trial in the in the country. I'm gonna say in the world. Uh, that I that the known universe. True. The known universe. I, I mean, I'll take it. It's the biggest okra trial in the known universe, and we're checking in with you, seeing how it's coming. It's coming along so far, so good, right? So far, so good. We're, like, there's, there's not that much excitement from the actual okra because obviously it's not flowering or potting yet. But yeah. um, actually, e- even at this stage, uh, just some of the, you talk about the aesthetic quality of okra. Like some of the red varieties, I've got a variety called Purple from Seed Savers Exchange. It's, it's just got beautiful foliage even at this first true leaf stage. And you're going to try to see how, how well they produce. And, and, and this is for your book called, whew, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the book. It's in pra- <laughs> Praise of Oak. 
In defense of okra. In defense, not in praise of okra, but in defense of okra. There might be some praising of okra going on, but uh, the title is in defense of okra. Well, listen, man, we're going to keep checking in with you, and, and I'd like to find out when they shoot me an email when they start flowering. You know, I, I'd like to see which ones are the earliest and all that kind of stuff. Definitely, and, that's what I'm keeping track of, and and also I'm I'm keeping kind of a running dialogue on my my blog as well and which I is have a friend in town who's doing some filming so there's a there's a video up on the blog right now if you want to see, and see the, the okra the, field in action and the blog is in defense of okra.com okay real question mr british guy is it defense with an s or with a c i went with the american spelling <laughs> i actually i started off with the c and so many people told me that i didn't know how to spell that i i don't often cave but I caved. Well, you know, when in when in Rome, right? I mean, and, there, and there's and there's no yeah. extra iron aluminium over here. So anyway, Chris, I just true. I just want to check in with you. Glad your your trials has made it so far. We'll see how the deer treat them. <laughs> yeah. <we'll see. laughs> Good luck, man. Thanks for thanks for letting us check in. We'll be back with you real soon. I look forward to it. I'll see yeah. you. Chris Smith, in defense of okra, Google it. It's a fun project. Let's go down to Biloxi, down to the Gulf Coast. Hey, Lena. Good morning. Good morning. I want to give you a report. I called a couple of weeks ago about my bay leaf in a pot. Uh-huh. And uh, I had many um, scars on the branches. So then I realized that some squirrel, I had quite a few uh-huh. squirrels. Running up and down them. And I think they chewed on it. So what I did was cut it re- back real real uh, hard. Uh-huh. Gave it some fertilizer, and all the new growth is completely free of all those galls and uh, yeah things on the leaf. So I just wanted to let you know what happened. You know, a lot of people don't realize you can take your glasses off and a lot of stuff disappears, or you can whack it back in the spr- Don't you wish you could whack back people we know and let them sprout out nice and sweet yeah. again? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> well, Lena, appreciate it. Keep it in. Let me know if it keeps up. Okay, thank you. All righty. Thank Bye. you. We're going to slide just down the coast a little bit from Biloxi to Ocean Springs. Hey, Daddy, good morning. Good morning. Oh, you're cheerful. Uh, you're cheerful. <laughs> Listen, I have found the most wonderful flower. I've been trying to call you to ask you what it was, and I finally found somebody who knew, but I have to share this with the world. Okay. It is called a lid- a hidden ginger Curcuma, pet- Curcuma petiolata. It is so beautiful. Yeah, and, it, and it'll grow actually up into North Mississippi. It's one of the few gingers that's really, really cold-hearty. The flowers all hidden down in the leaves. That's the reason it's called that. But my problem is, once we've discovered a field of it, I've only had one bloom. So far, how long have you been growing it? Um, about, about a month. We're talking about next year. Next year. Okay. Come on, Nettie. Next year, what is it? This is a slow spring. Yeah, and by the way, you can eat the roots of this if you like to eat ginger, hidden ginger. Which in the Latin name is curcuma, C U R C U M A. Wrote about it in a plant called Passalone Plants about twenty years ago. But uh, it, the 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 little roots are really zesty. You know, you know, if you like Thai food or something, but also I'm going to have to try that. Okay, but but plant it shallow. You know that that little rhizome thing grows in a flat mass, and plant it shallow, and it'll do better in the shade than in the sun, and uh, and it'll spread and start blooming like crazy. Probably next year is when it's going to really come into its own. One of the most interesting things that I have noticed as I've watched, I look at it every morning and every night. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, are the yellow. 
they almost look like a snapdragon or a little yellow lady slipper coming out underneath yeah. the pink. Yeah, it's, it's, it, to me it looks like the, the kind of plumes that, uh, that uh, high school bands used to stick on top of their hats. Yes. But it, it, the hidden ginger or, or curcuma is a great one. But let me give you one more that you can grow that we can't grow further north of Mississippi. It grows along the Gulf Coast. It's called shampoo ginger. Just what do, does it look like? Well, it's, a, it's bigger than the hidden ginger, and the flowers are also hidden down in there, the, the, the stalks. It's a stalk that's like a stem with a fist size. looks like a, a pineapple about the size of your fist. And uh, and when you squeeze it, this gooey stuff comes out, which is what uh, the ladies in Hawaii use as hair conditioner, shampoo. And tell ginger. me again what it's called. Shampoo ginger. Okay, shampoo. And it'll grow great, but it's it's bigger. So put it back behind your hidden ginger, and uh, so so it doesn't overcrowd it. Cool, okay. cool, Nettie. Well, so, well, well, thank you. I won't, I won't over anticipate, but I will pray for next year. <laughs> and stop, stop <laughs> counting those things. They'll come when they're ready. Okay. Well, and they also make a beautiful leaf. You yeah, know? they do. It's a, it's a nice little crinkle, like a like a little crinkled uh, canna leaf. Good plant. Well, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye bye. All righty. By the way, there's uh, uh, quite a few things going on in my little garden. I, I uh, built a new fence. I, I've had this metal fence made out of corrugated roofing tin. Sounds weird, but it's up upright roofing tin. At the top of it, cut like a roller coaster, you know, up and down and up and down and, and all. I've had it for, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. I took part of it down uh, uh, this week and replaced it with some rebar that uh, looks a little bit more uh, inviting, more air circulation, more sunshine. I just put it in part of the yard, put a little raised bed by it so I can uh, so, so I can start growing a few vegetables without hurting my fig tree. But anyway... Uh, if you're going to be spending time out in the out garden right now, uh, wear a hat. Wear a hat, folks. Trust me on this. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm not gardening naked in my front yard anymore, so I got rid of my tall fence. The, the fence posts are bright or teal. I painted them kind of teal green, and I've got real bright rusty brown rebar. kind of, in, And I've cut the top of it in a down and up smiley face. In between each post, the rebar goes down and back up like a smiley face. Got this new little raised bed. But while I was digging for my raised bed... I knew I was going to do something this this uh, summer, so this past spring, I sprinkled the area. I dug it up really good. I sprinkled it with some cottonseed meal. Now, this is not a weird stuff. This is not a one of those organic gardening. It's just a good natural nitrogen that's got protein in it. When I was digging yesterday, I dug that dirt down a good solid foot, raised it up six inches, but the earthworms are seven, eight, nine inches long. They're big around as pencils, big, beefy, eager to 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 dig my dirt for me, all because I gave them a little cottonseed meal to feed them. So anyway, some of the things I'm seeing right now, all sorts of happy fungi with the combination of temperatures and moisture. Fungus is happy. All different kinds of happy fungus are throwing up their version of flowers. We call them mushrooms and toadstools, but I'm also seeing slime mold. Slime mold is this greasy stuff that grows on the grass, uh, anywhere from the size of your, your hand to a dinner plate or bigger, you can brush it off. You can wash it off. It's not in the plant. It's something that's growing on the leaf. It's kind of a greasy, dark, uh, blue, gray, almost black looking. If you have that on there, you can ignore it. You can sweep it off. You can wash it off the hose. Not a big deal, but temperature and uh, humidity and the rainfall we're having right now. A lot of mushrooms and slime molds and toadstools. Anyway, we got some cheese. You know, do phone calls where we do the cheesy music. Do the cheesy music first. Okay, we're going to go to Cordova, Tennessee, and talk to Cindy. Good morning, Cindy. Howdy. 
I'm good. How are you? So far, so good. What's up? I have an explosion of millions of wild violets yeah. in my yard, in my bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always had some, and, you know, they're pretty. But now I've got too many, and I've got too many to pull by hand. What can I kill them with? Are they in with other stuff? Some. Most, mostly, I have a lot of gravel paths. They're in gravel paths, yeah. and they're in beds. Well, here's, you know, I, I always get in trouble with a certain segment of the population who thinks that I need to, to, to be some something that I'm not. I'm going to be honest about this. The easiest, the safest, the healthiest, the most environmentally and most effective thing you can do, the ones that are in your path, is squirt them a little Roundup. Okay. I don't, I don't sell Roundup. I don't work for Monsanto. I don't need the emails from all these folks. I know what I'm talking about. Don't drink it, though. Okay. No, but, I, I don't have a problem with Roundup. Yeah. Well, a, a lot of people don't, but they think that they do, but because it's been abused. But anyway, it it only kills what you put it on the foliage of. So in your your walkways, it's going to get at roots and all. It really, really will. Um, around other flower beds, you might want to get you a little shield, piece of cardboard, or something to put it between there and some of your plants that so doesn't splatter. But it okay. only can, and then it, once it hits the dirt, it degrades into carbohydrates. So you know you're okay. Just don't get it on other plants. And um, as far one of the problems is though, if they come up your walkway, that tells me last year a bunch of them went to seeds. So there could be more seeds. You may have to do this again. What you might want to do down the road scene is get you a, like a hoe, just a plain old-fashioned garden hoe. And then in sometimes spring, just scuffle it. Don't chop. Just sort of scuffle it, uh, the gravel up, and that'll loosen those seedlings before they get too big. Okay, thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I need to do better. I need to do better. But here's the deal about Roundup, folks. It's on the same list of stuff that'll cause you problems if you overdo it as red meat and alcohol and bacon and fried food. Don't overdo them. But if you got some poison ivy, you got some things you need to get rid of, there's no problem at all. Health-wise, environmental. This is the honest intellectual truth. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. We got a cheesy music. Matter of fact, I think this this tune is probably all about me. Here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we like to inspire people. This tune coming up here is going to be my inspiration. I promise I'm going to do better next time.
search and find a better way to talk I'm gonna spit and polish my old rough edge self Till I get rid of every single flaw I'm gonna be the world's best friend I'm gonna go around shaking everybody's hand Hey, I'm gonna be the cotton-picking rage of the age I'm gonna be a diamond someday Folks, welcome back. Yes, I'm going to be a diamond in one of these days. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, we've got some callers on live, but if you could hang on for just a second, I want to share three quick emails that I got. Uh, well, it's kind of cool. Uh, Rose uh, Wittershine said, what sort of feed should be used? And she sent me a picture of a bird feeder. What sort of feed should be used? Regular seed falls right through it. And I suggested what they call black oil sunflower seed. They're small sunflower seeds, but they're real, real rich. They're probably one of the most universal bird seed. Big birds, little birds, they all eat it. But black oil sunflower seed is uh, not too big to put in, in those feed. It, it sort of, it'll feed itself down through the bottom without falling through the big cracks. Uh, also, this is kind of interesting. Last week, a fellow said he was moving to Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, want to take a, a magnolia tree with him. And I said, yeah, I think so. There's some keeping a little gem in a big pot. And that that works. But anyway, Emily Black is listening from Montreal, Canada. She said, just listen to the guy moving to Pittsburgh, wanting to take a magnolia. Yes, he can. Emily sent me a picture. She said, this is the magnolia at my mom's house in Ottawa, Canada, zone four with two seasons. Winter in construction. She said, but it grows great, so go for it. Thanks for brightening my day, boys. So I, the, Java, she said, thanks for brightening her day. 
you know, gal from Kansas. Said, Thanks, boys. You know, here's a um, one that I thought I just want to share this real special. Uh, Ellie Gulledge had written uh, with a picture of a single flower. She said, this plant just came on her front yard where nothing else is planted. First, I thought it was running rose because it had thorns and looks like a seven sister pink rose. But then it has these white blooms on it. So I'm befuddled. What could it be? I suggested if it's a big flower, two or three inches across, it's going to be the wild Cherokee rose, which is the state flower of Georgia. Spread, birds spread the seed. They eat the little berry things and spread the seeds. Uh, only flowers once in spring, but big flower. Here's what she wrote back. I love it. She said, you the man. Java, she said, I'm the man. You the man. She said, the flowers look like the picture on the Internet, but this is the best part. I'm blown away. I happen to be a native of Georgia. We came to Mississippi in 1976, still an avid, loyal Georgia Bulldog fan. So guess where this wild rose came up? Right between two yard art bulldogs and a bulldog birdhouse, standing just a few feet away with the roses growing. The bird knew just where to drop that seed. Ain't that something? Life gives little and unexpected gifts, and I'll treasure this happy time. I feel like dancing a jig. Like that kind of email. Give us a call if you like, one eight seven seven mpb ring We're going to jump right in and start talking in New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. Hey, Susan. Well, good morning, Felder. Howdy. Thanks for holding. What's up? Well, I am getting ready to move from a location in Mississippi um, near Hattiesburg, uh-huh. and I have a wisteria tree that I have trained over the last few years to stand upright and to bloom. Um, it's getting a little close to um, the azaleas and other things in the flower beds. Yeah. So what I want to do is move it. Ooh, that's going to be um, tough. It's going to be tough. But go for it. You're going to do well, it anyway, right? Yeah. Okay. So, here, so, here. Gonna, so when, when I cut it completely back and take as much of the root as I can or... Well, here's the here's the thing. Taking as much root as you can means a ball about the size of a basketball. You get anything bigger than that, it's going to break, and you might as well have just pulled it up out of the ground bare root. So you, so you got to get a root ball that stays together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what I would do, Susan, I take a shovel and I cut straight down all the way around it with your foot on the between the shovel and the rose. So when you pull the shovel out, it doesn't pull the dirt up with it. Cut straight down all the way around, oh, about a foot and a half or maybe two feet across, and then cut another circle around that on the outside and dig the dirt out between so it's standing up in a moat. And then oh, cut, right. and then go all the way around. and We don't want to move that root ball at all. And then cut up under it all the way around to where you got the whole thing has completely been cut, all the roots, but it hasn't moved, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And, and then roll a towel or something like that up on it like you've changed the bed with uh, with somebody in it. And, you know, and then wrap it up and lift it by that so you don't break the, you know, keep that root ball tight. And that's the only mm. way it's going to survive. If you, because they don't have real roots, their roots don't grow in perfect symmetry. See, so there's uh-huh. a good chance you're not going to get the right ones. Get, you know, try to get as good when you can without breaking a root ball. Okay, great. Well, that's really good advice. I appreciate it a lot. It's not the way I would have done it, so I would have been doing it wrong. Yeah, and so you, when, when are you going to do this, Susan? Um, well, I mean, I'd like to do it pretty soon. Do, do I need to wait for a certain season? Well, I mean, it'd be, be better to do it in the fall when the plant's not under a bunch of stress, because right now, but if you're going to do it now, you know you need to cut it back with no leaves left on it. 
None at all. Okay. That's right. Well, that was that was one of my one of my um, yeah. questions. And, and you know, it'll put back out, but if you don't, those leaves are gonna suck dry the the roots that ain't there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I Good sure luck. Appreciate it. Good luck. Uh-huh. And, hey, Bye-bye. and welcome to Mississippi. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> See you. Bye bye. Back down to Biloxi. Hey, Craig. Good morning, sir. Yeah. Good morning. What's up? Yes, uh, I was wondering about heat radiating from a brick wall, if that would help plants in the cold weather. It could. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, if you're talking about, you know, plants that need, and not only, if it's on the south or the west side, keep in mind that we don't get any sun from the north, so there's not going to be radiated heat on the north side of a house, just the south. Right. <clears throat> but 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 that, that helps a whole bunch. Is there any particular plant you're thinking about? Oh, well, no, I, I was reading a book a long time ago called The Postage Stamp Gardener, and yeah. I believe they were in England, and, and they they had a lot of gardens with stone walls and planting, and I was wondering how beneficial that is. Well, here's the deal. I, I, I A lot of people know I live in England uh, a big part of the year, uh, and it's easier over there because they need the heat because they're really far north. They can't grow tomatoes outside without covering them with something to, to retain heat. Because tomatoes need not just some, but they need warmth to, to ripen. So they do that. Here in the south, it's more of a problem with the radiated heat and being too much in the summertime because a lot of plants like to cool down at night, and that radiated heat can keep them from doing well. So this would be good in the wintertime, but not great in the summertime here in the deep south. Uh, okay. Okay. That clears I have one more question. I have some rosemary with brown leaves. Are they good to eat? Well, if they're brown because they're ready to fall, on, yeah, sure. Unless the spider mice is calling it brown. If you're a vegetarian, just think about that. Spider mice, I don't guess mice are made out of meat. It's okay to eat them. No, no. Well, it's a, it's a new plant to me. I, I just, it, and it looks okay. Is it the older leaves, the lower down yeah. ones? Yes. Yeah, a lot of times when you get a new plant, the the leaves that were formed on it in the garden center, the nursery garden center, they lose efficiency when you transplant it to a new place, so they shed and the plant puts on new ones. That's okay, all Okay, I'll is. wait for the green ones then. Nothing to it, man. Okay, thank you. Okie doke. Let's go to South Haven from the coast all the way up to North Mississippi. Hey, John, good morning. Hey, fellas. What's up? I've got three questions for you. Okay. First, what kind of dirt? Does a wolfberry like? Wolf like dirt that's in Siberia. That's right. <laughs> Any kind of soil. Something that doesn't stay too wet or too dry. You know, most plants, oh, okay. it's not that big a deal with most plants. But main thing is you do not want to keep it really, really wet here in the Deep South. Okay. Uh, number two, I just got some, let me see, carpet bugleweed. Bugleweed, yeah, a juga. Most people call it a juga. A juga, okay. Yeah. How much sun will that tolerate? It'll tolerate a lot of sun, but it wants to be in the shade. You know, the operative okay. word is tolerate. I, I would say morning sun, but hot afternoon sun, radiated heat, it can do okay, but, you know, it's, it really wants to be in the light shade. really, really does. Well, yeah, I've got some uh, area that's... Uh, in and out of sun. That should so. do okay. Work the dirt up pretty good and try not to keep it too wet, and it'll do fine. Okay. Number three, I bought five, well, I bought six uh, roses from the Antique Rose Emporium. Yeah. Uh, one of them didn't make it through the winter, but I have four of them in containers. 
how long can I keep it in a container before I put them in the ground? Well, those are pretty good-sized containers the Antique Rose Emporium has. And as long as you give them a little bit of fertilizer and keep them not wet but moist, they'll grow in them all yeah. summer. Oh, well, now, this is my second year. Um, I, you know, they, they you know, if you want to grow them, put it in a bigger pot. If you're going to keep it in a pot, put it in a bigger one. Either okay, that or just a half whiskey barrel. Yeah, that'd be fine. Okay. All righty. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. I got a little thing I want to share with y'all, but first let's talk to Antonio and Jackson. Hey, Antonio, good morning. Hey, how you doing? I'm fine. What's up? Great. First off, love the show. I've been actually listening to it for a while now. I just never called in. <laughs> Appreciate uh, you being part of it. Keep it yeah, clean. Yeah. Keep it clean, Antonio. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was trying to see, my wife was asking me a question. I was like, I'm not sure. Like, let me let me call in and see. Are there any plants that we can, you know, put out like to stop like bugs or whatever? No. Nope. You know. No. No. Okay, just wonder. But but is she listening? Huh? Is she listening? She's not. She's actually at work now. (laughs) Well, whatever she suggests, do that. Because, you know, it's not going to help, but it'll help you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I'm saying. (laughs) You know, now, mint, anything that smells good, like rosemary, mint, uh, things like that, you know, nice little smelly herbs, if you Uh just take a piece of it and just rub it on your arms, that repels insects. But there's nothing going to keep them out of your yard. It's an yeah, it's it's oil. It's got to be roughed up to, to – to, but now here's one thing you can do. Go to go out and get a real cheap little fan, like little box fans. Yeah. Put a fan out there. If you're sitting out on the patio or the deck, you got a fan, no mosquitoes. They don't like breeze at all. Gotcha. I mean, I, right. I get one of the little $10 Home Depot-type fans and turn it on, yeah. no, uh-huh. no mosquitoes. All right. Easy enough. Okay, surprise you with it, man. Tell her I tell her you and I are working together. We're on it. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Antonio. See. You. All right. Thank you. Now. All right. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. Got a caller on the line. I want to share something with y'all when we get back from that. Uh, I want to mention this. Uh, I got an email from Perth, Western Australia. Suzanne Dowsett. She said originally from Belzona, Mississippi. Live in Perth, Western Australia for 52 years. Uh, over the years, I read a lot of articles you've written, enjoyed your thought on gardening. I'm so glad to read your column in the Banner, which is from her hometown in uh, Mississippi, hometown county newspaper. Thought you'd like to know you have a reader halfway around the world. My garden columns have been picked up by Mississippi Press Association. Your local papers, the weekly and daily papers around the state, is carried in uh, quite a few right now. Might want to give them uh, your local editor a call and see if they want because it doesn't cost me anything. They belong to the Press Association. Uh, I'll be writing weekly columns and uh, just trying to have a little, not your how-to advice, but a little bit about gardening. Anyway, check with your local paper, see if they care in the column. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Uh, I got a new thing about a, a, about a mag uh, a mag- a crate myrtle tree that's eating a sign. You want to check it out? Go to felderrushing.blog. Let's go to Beaumont. Hey Sue, how are you this morning? 
Now, you, did I just hear you give a lady some advice on how to move a wisteria plant? Yes, ma'am. Okay, she needs to take that shovel, and instead of trying to dig it up, she needs to take that shovel and try to murder that plant. She needs to <laughs> slap it down there until she kills it, because wisteria plants are thugs. I well, but, that, that oh, yeah, around but, an oak tree in my yard. But, it, it was as big as my forearm. Yeah, I mean, but, I strangle that tree. Yeah, but, then, but, 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 Sue, she's pruned this into one of those little sticks with stuff at the top. Uh, so she's thugs. T- they'll get loose from you, and they'll be all over the place. What can I help you with? Okay, I've got some. The wisteria took over my azalea plants on the side of the house that were almost as tall as the house, so I had to have them cut down. Now, I had, I had the wisteria, I had the azaleas cut down about as tall as my knees. Mm-hmm. Now the wisteria have grown up in there and are waving like they they got these long waving right. little tendrils right. out there trying to find a place to hang on to. Right. I put salt, a box of salt, on one bush, on one of my azalea bushes that had uh, uh, the wisteria coming up through there. It killed it. But is there any other way to kill that wisteria there? They're Roundup. Horrible. Roundup. Put Roundup on the leaves. Just put Roundup on the leaves. That'll kill it roots and all that. And the salt will hurt your other plants, too. Okay, Just, so put Roundup. There's only thing that'll kill that, huh? It'll, it'll kill it roots and all without hurting your dirt like the salt would. That's what I would That's what I would do, Sue. Everybody thinks wisteria is so beautiful, but they're thugs. Well, you know, so are some people, you know, but we're going to find something beautiful in all of them. We're going to all be a diamond someday. Mm-mm, not wisteria, <laughs> but anyway, thanks. You bet. Before we uh, wrap things up today, I want to share something real quick. This is uh, something I'd written uh, three and a half years ago. We've been known far and wide, folks, as the Magnolia State for good reasons. I got an idea. Stick with this. My name, I mean, my people have been here since the 16, 17, early 1800s for as a state. Uh, so I've got a really convoluted heritage. I, got a, I have a stake in our state flag. Doesn't matter to me what you think about it one way or the other, but that tide has turned. We are going to end up with a new flag. Right now, there's several put out there that are kind of generic, you know, circles of stars and stuff like that. But I have a solution. Um, I I think it's important that we have something that says Mississippi, like the Lone Star State in Texas or the Palmetto State in South Carolina. I'd like to see a magnolia flower, not that old magnolia tree flag from the 1860s. I'd like to have our native magnolia, which grandiflora, which means great flower, is recognized worldwide for its stature, foliage, fragrant, oversized, pure white flowers. I've seen it literally all over the world. Why not a magnolia flower on our state flag? Uh, before you go off on it, I know about that old white flag with the magnolia tree in the middle. Nope, that won't do because it has old baggage. Some folks would want to add something else, like some white stripes or gold edge. I don't care. As long as it's simple, beautiful, evocative, and proud, easy to draw by children. Our official state flowers, magnolia blossom. The magnolia tree is the official state tree. We are the magnolia state. Why shouldn't it also be on our flag? If you'd like my thoughts on this, go to Magnolia Flower Flag. MagnoliaFlowerFlag.org so good to be with y'all today, folks, at Gestalt Gardens Production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. Our producer is a hard-working Java Chapman, and we've had Ms. McAdoo uh, t- doing the phone greeting. And I'm your host, Felder Rush. I'm going to be thinking of y'all as to get out and do a little bit more pruning, plant, replant some okra for where I stepped on it, and, you know, sort of mulch and get everything ready for summertime because I'm done gardening. I'm going to wait till fall to start gardening again. I'm going to wrap this stuff up and sit back and enjoy the fruits of this hot, miserable summer. Um, if you get a chance, take a kid to a farmer's market, take it to a garden center, give them a chance to learn how to do what we do best, folks. 
and that's Get Dirty. Happy Memorial Day. We'll see y'all next week here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Thank you.